what do you get when you mix two opinionated, honest to a fault, abrasive, yet considerate, say what you want to say, funny women? Well, you get this podcast. We're bossy and we're best friends. So welcome to the Bossy Besties Podcast, episode one. My name's Brittany, and I am here with my best friend of many moons, Melinda, and we decided that we are going to do a podcast. Hi, Melinda. Hi. Yeah, I mean, everybody else is doing it. Why not us? We're kind of funny AF. <laughs> right. And people wish they could be in our conversations or fly on the wall. So now here's your opportunity to buzz around without us having to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, we're mostly only concerned what we have to say ourselves anyway, so... <laughs> We probably objectively are only funny to each other anyway, so maybe maybe nobody will listen. Who knows? And if you are listening and you like it, then share it and tell your friends and, you know, subscribe so we can see that you're actually paying attention to us weekly, and then you can tell us things you might want to hear about. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of concerned how this is going to relay, like, my personality, because I feel like most of my funniness is derived by the shitty faces that I make so I'm not sure how that's going to be conveyed and through only my voice (laughs) well you know when someone wants to start paying for us to do this or you know give us some sponsor money then we'll also make a YouTube channel in addition to it and then they can see your squishy face oh my god my kids will be so mad at me I've banned YouTube channels in this house (laughs) The, the what the hypocrisy we can't have YouTube channels but you can this is total bullshit (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I'm a whole adult and I pay the bills in this house. So suck it. <laughs> yeah, we're th- I'm all for modern parenting until it comes time to like put the foot down and then I'm straight 1986 like because I fucking said so. <laughs> like <laughs> Yep, exactly. The shit we hated when we were kids and now we are those people. Yeah, I give them like the straight um real housewives like I said what I said. Period. When you say that, I can just only think of that episode with, uh, oh, wow, we're moms, and we forgot to mention we're uh, moms, and um, my kid's awake now because this is just how this world works. <laughs> we sat and talked for 20 minutes before we started recording, and then the moment we started recording, hi, I'm awake. She's like, hello, I'm Vivian, and I've uh, I've rested enough, and now I'd like to harass you. Yeah, that's so is life as a parent. Uh, I always think of Carl Winslow, um, that episode of Family Matters where he was like, I'm the dad and I and I said so or something like that. <laughs> I think about it every time that somebody says I said so <laughs> or I said I, what I, I said. Oh, my God. I And then the timing of her waking up is so funny. And then I think the, like this morning... I'm sitting out on the, I'm like, okay, so Rich gets up for work and it's early, like way earlier than I really have to be up. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go like go to the bathroom, make some coffee. And then I'm going to go like sit and be in silence, right? Before anybody else gets up. And so Rich leaves for work. I let the dog out, make my coffee, put like, you know, switch the load of dishes in the dishwasher because that's like bloodletting. It's constant and never ending. Um, so I'm sitting out and I'm watching a Quibi episode, which I did not, I, I, I've seen commercials and advertisements or advertisements for Quibi. I didn't really pay my, I just saw like their eight minute episodes or whatever, but I'm like, oh, it's another streaming service, something else we have to pay for. I didn't really give it too much of a thought, but I was like scrolling through Instagram because I'm on like a Facebook um, pro, not protest. I'm just like, I just can't do it emotionally because Facebook, I feel like, is like the black hole for every idiot's opinion. And so I'm scrolling through Instagram and I follow um, 
Lena Waithe, and I don't know who she, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's this just incredible person, celebrity right now who does everything from you know fashion to movies to TV. She's a writer, director. She created the show The Shy, which is phenomenal, and she's like a huge advocate for the uh, LGBTQIA plus community but in any case I'm like scrolling through and she has a link to this like Quibi episode um, where they're talking about streetwear and how it's kind of just you know this bullshit thing that white people in the fashion industry created to make money off of black culture and I'm watching this and I'm and Chloe my youngest obviously you know but our whoever's listening may not um, comes out and she's just like tattling or just coming to me with total bullshit. And I'm like, dude, go away. Like, it's at this point, like, she's nine years old. And I'm I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, you just kind of have to like set boundaries. I'm like, No, this is my time. I need you to go away. You know, they're not toddlers anymore, where you're just like, okay, you can just like, climb on me and step on my face and invade my privacy. Because, you know, you're little and don't know any better. But I'm like, se- I need seven and a half fucking minutes. Like, that's it. This episode is seven and a half minutes long. <laughs> like, I need seven and a half minutes of peace and quiet and coffee and leave me the hell alone, please. And that's what I decided. I'm like, Quibi is like, it's like poop episodes. It's like you can go and take a poop in silence for eight minutes and watch a whole episode of something and nobody can interrupt it and you can finish it from beginning to end and how often does hold on hold on hold parent? on a poop episode for my husband can be anywhere from nine to 49 minutes so <laughs> <laughs> you mean True. it's a mom poop episode it's like, a mom poop episode <laughs> i have to pee real quick but surprise i went number two and i couldn't tell you because you would have made a whole fuss about all things that need to be done before i could even enter the bathroom right <laughs> Right, exactly. Now, my, I mean, for me, like peeing is like not even an option. It's an emergency every time, all the times, you know. So it's like just always constantly trying to get there in time and not, you know, have to change your underwear or pee down your leg before you get there. I'd say extra underwear in the middle console means something different nowadays. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to keep an extra set everywhere because it's not about having fun. It's about not stinking and having to be embarrassed for the rest of the day. <laughs> It's like a diaper, you know, you pack the extra diaper when you have babies, you know, in case you have an accident when you're out. No, now you just, you got to always assume as an adult mother who's had children, I'm probably going to have an accident at some point in the day. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Like, oh, you haven't peed all day? We'll get in the car and now you just let out every liquid you've consumed in the last 12 hours. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, did you scrunch your body to move in a direction that your body is not naturally in? Pee pants. So Quibi is interesting enough to watch. What well, I mean, I like I said, I've only watched that one episode. Are I mean, ha- are you familiar with it at all? No, I'm completely blank. Your kids are older. My kids, uh, fourteen months. So I'm like, oh, let's watch Trolls or anything to get you off my leg. Well, I saw. I've seen like commercials for it. I I'd venture to say probably on Hulu, um, or maybe just like you know, like trolling Facebook ads or whatever. So I, like I said, I'd seen some commercials for it, but I didn't know anything about it. And I'm pretty sure I've seen like Chrissy Teigen has a show and, and I, I, I literally have not even looked at the platform itself. It was just like an IGTV video link to it. And 
which is what kind of led me to it to watch it. And I'm like, this is kind of perfect. Like, I don't know what the cost is. And, you know, I don't know how much content there is. But I'm telling you, like, eight minutes, like, it's it's kind of perfect for for a parent who is, like, immersed with children in your effing face all the time. Like, just give me eight minutes to myself because I mean how often do you start a show and you've got to pause it 74 times or you never finish it or you never get through a series or you're like you know I'm not even going to start it because I don't even have time like and I'm just going to get pissed off and then you lose like the emotion of you know the writing on if you're watching something that's you know 30 minutes 60 minutes long it's like they write it a certain way so you can ride that roller coaster of emotion of the episode and it's like if you've got to break it up in six parts you're just like this isn't even that good where it probably might have been good if you were able to watch it in its entirety oh okay cool um i'll definitely check this stuff out i feel like i am a little i'm a little removed from so much stuff just because i am easily consumed with you know kid stuff and uh not working <laughs> and uh all that so i think that we definitely have started a great conversation but we forgot a key thing in telling our folks who we actually are and a little bit of a backstory about ourselves oh, so yeah, yeah. could you introduce yourself tell us about your family your dynamic and uh well then we can i'll do the same and then we can maybe jump into uh how we even form this lovely friendship that lasts a lifetime yeah, no, uh, my name is Melinda. Obviously, we covered that already. Um, I live in a small town in southwestern PA. I was born and raised here. I left. I went to college in the big state of California. I graduated college in a little town in Pennsylvania called California. Um, I met my husband in that town. We have three beautiful children, ages nine. Well, Ayla will be 11 here in a couple weeks and 12. Um and I am also in between jobs. <laughs> you you said mentioned being jobless, so that kind of uh, that spoke true to me also. I'm uh, recording from Ohio, a town not too far from Pittsburgh, actually about 45 minutes away from Pittsburgh. Um, but I have one child. She's 14 months. Her name's Vivian. And my husband, Ron, is the person working in the house right now. I am in between jobs. I left my career of the last eight years, solid 12 years with the company because I need to be available to be a mom and also to spend time in my family dynamic. So dynamic, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> there it is. Found it. I had it in my pocket the whole time. You were hiding it, you bitch. <laughs> hateful hateful um <laughs> but i also um have moved around a bit but not before i went to college at california pennsylvania and graduated as well and that is how you and i met in 2004 the uh mm -hmm. spring semester you came from uh california state to california town yeah, I, I was at Cal State Hayward, which is now Cal State East Bay, I believe is what they renamed it, um, outside of, uh, Hayward is kind of outside of Oakland, it's across the bay from San Mateo, anybody who's uh, familiar with the area, um, and I was in a car accident, actually, I fell asleep on the freeway, I was, um, 
I was commuting to school. I lived with my grandparents out there and kind of when I went and visited, I visited multiple schools in one day and didn't really logically put together kind of the placement of everything. And then I made my choice based on a school that had the program that I wanted, which was broadcasting and uh, didn't kind of realize that it was like an hour away. And so I fucked off as I normally do because that's who I am as a person and ended up (laughs) scheduling my classes late. And I had a class that started at 730 in the morning and which is obscene. I don't know why they would ever do that to a college student. But so I was having to get up like crazy early and then travel from Brentwood, not OJ's Brentwood, Brentwood uh, in the Bay Area and go through all the traffic like everybody's traveling into San Francisco like those were the roads that I was I was taking so you know I had to allot for that time so it was like an hour drive without traffic hour 15 you know with traffic and um, I was just exhausted I was 18 not sleeping stress anxiety depression moving you know 3,000 plus miles away and uh, so I fell asleep on the freeway smacked into a tractor trailer lived miraculously I walked away without a scratch on me I just like smashed in the side of my car but it was just it was too much that commute was too much for me and to be able to live independently in that area I there was no way I was going to go to school and be able to work to afford that so I came home because my best friend went to Cal U and um, that is I, I got put in the dorms and that is how I met this lovely tribe of people who are now some of them are still my I mean they're you guys are beyond friends to me. They're sisters. My, our kids, you know, my kids call you guys auntie. And so that's, that's where my transition went to Cal U. And I think what you moved in with, uh, our friend Kimmy, three doors down from mine. And we made friends because we were, we already knew Kimmy. And then I guess the rest was just like kind of history. There was never like a, you know, everybody has like the, Oh, I thought you were such a bitch when I met you. We didn't have that. No, it just all kind of clicked. Like, even with Kimmy, like, I knew Kimmy was a bitch from right away, but I loved her for it. Like, you know, it was like, I just kind of, it was almost like just the stars and everything aligned to put me in that corner of that dorm room or that dorm hallway. It was just like, these, these were my people. This is where I needed to be. What's one of your earliest memories when you came to Cal of like meeting the group that we all ended up uh, hanging out with for those years? I I vividly remember sitting in the dorms and my mom was there and it was like my first day and Kimmy comes flying in like a bat out of hell with two other girls and she was like, uh, hi, nice to meet you. I can't stay. I have cheerleading. Uh, oh yeah, hope you don't hate cheerleaders because I am one, but I guess I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and And I think I'd probably say she probably gave you guys the heads up like, oh, I'm getting a new roommate because then I felt like I remember like, probably like maybe you Eva and Margo all coming to my room like I think and you know Eva Eva's very you new girl tell me about yourself and go you know like <laughs> welcoming committee not feeling so welcoming but tell us all about you it was almost like an interview like what are you about tell us <laughs> and I think I appreciated that straightforwardness because I'm like an extroverted introvert where it's like I have a hard time going out of my comfort zone to go meet new people or to, you know, go and put myself out there to somebody I'm not entirely comfortable with. But like once you're in my circle and I'm comfortable with you, I I am the most extroverted person. I'm, you know, I'm loud, I'm opinionated, I'm obnoxious, I'm just, and I think that, and I appreciated just that blatant honesty from the rip. Like, who are you? What are you about? 
now. And I was like, yeah, I can fuck with these people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, can relate with that introverted extrovert now. But back in the day before my 30s, I could not relate. Girl, you were the extrovert. Like they, like your picture was next to the definition of extrovert. Like we would go to parties together in a car and you would get out of the car and say, don't talk to me for the rest of the night. I'm making all new friends. <laughs> But not in a, like, you're not my friends anymore, just like, I'm no. going to bring us some new, some fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I was going to say, you started to say bring some new meat, because you, you were very, you found it very important, the way I saw it, to keep your different groups of friends isolated from each other. Like, these are the people that I do this with, and these are the people that I do this with. Like, we were like your home base, and like, always the comeback to, but it was like, no, these are my friends, and me and my friends do this stuff over here, and you stay over there on my home base, so I can have different experiences everywhere I go. <laughs> I I mean, I can see that uh, from your side, but I always felt like I wanted to, all of my friends to hang out because um, I prefer to blend everybody, but it didn't always happen the same way. Well, no, it wasn't like a, I'm not saying it was like a hateful segregation. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> no, but I actually just uh, said to one of my friends that the worst part of my wedding this past November was that it was my wedding um, because I, it was like my biggest friendship dream that I could get every one of my friends of different areas of my life together and we could all hang out and have a great time and that totally happened but I felt like I was on the outside looking in because I was the party host well and as I feel like at a wedding the bride and groom have to be like politicians you know oh, you yeah. have to do like the smiles and the handshakes and you got to stop at every table and say thank you for coming and you know and because then then I mean our generation is you know we're and even more so the generation after us is going to be so different because we're already trying to pull away from those like traditional like the fucking thank you cards that our parents Ugh. just like force us into writing you know because grandparents find it disrespectful they don't get one like I'm like, so, I, you know, now it's like you're doing that. You're stopping at all the tables and thanking your aunt, you know, Jojo for coming and your great aunt Sue Ann for coming. And you can tell I'm from like the country. I call people by first. Sue Ann? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, because otherwise you catch how well, you know, and it's real like fucking judgy too. Like, well, you know, she didn't really speak to me at the wedding. Like, God damn, there's 300 people there. Like, it's not that I didn't want to talk to you. I just, you know, I tried to catch a buzz and, and do the best I could and have a good time. But man, a day. That dude I just married a few minutes ago for now, y'all. I only talked to him a handful of times, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's like the perception of like, oh, we're going to consummate the marriage after the wedding. Like, yeah, we're going to bang. No, you're so exhausted. You're like, I just want to like fall face down on the bed and I'm going to like die for the next 10 hours. Like, especially like you and I got married and we had kids already. And so it was like, you know, my, our dream to get married was that somebody was going to sit with the children so I could sleep in the next day. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I, I made sure I had a whole babysitter at my wedding <laughs> so mm. that somebody would make sure she was happy, but I wouldn't be doing the bad mom thing by not ensuring her happiness. But I also didn't want to be bothered with it either. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like that isn't that crazy like when they're young you're like it, you're just a lot like you are a lot of responsibility and i know that i signed on for that but holy shit like i just don't want to be bothered for like a small amount of time 
She's standing on my leg right now, hugging me and patting my back. So, <laughs> but then other days, like someone had told me when I was pregnant, you know, um, I hated my kids when they were uh, really little until they're like old enough to tell me what they wanted. I wanted to throw them in the trash can. And I was like, what? And now I'm like, yeah, Vivian would fit nicely in a trash can some days. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to leave you there. I, you know, I just need like a drawer to put you in for a little while. <laughs> exactly. Ventilated we, we, trash can. <laughs> yeah. We don't condone <laughs> child abuse in any way, shape, or form. But sometimes moms secretly think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I will say, you know, um, going from our college years of having fun and then, you know, just being responsible to help friends out who had kids or, you know, watching people's other children for moments was, you know, oh, this this is going to be easy when we become moms and then everything changes. And now we are totally hanging out being moms and we are going through the biggest world change right now with pandemic when mm-hmm. we never could have predicted that like apparently if we were really smart scientists we could have but we as just Brittany and melinda could have never predicted this and now we're parenting through a pandemic and what's that been looking like for you you do have the um the bracket of kids who kind of know what's going on and probably have some feelings and some questions and how are you navigating all of that well, so I have, you know, my kids are all navigating it each in a different way. And yeah, they're like very aware of what's going on. Now, Cole, who is my son and my oldest, he is uh, on the autism spectrum. He has Asperger's uh, diagnosed ADHD. So um, Cole is very social. And when he's out, you know, in the world, we- we've always kind of struggled with teaching him to not be in people's personal space because Cole is social in the way where he will be like six inches from your face. Hi, what's your name? Let's be best friends. Ready, set, go. But, you know, and he's, we're also navigating this really strange world of puberty in our house too. So Cole's going through puberty in a way where it's like, he's doing that like, Things are growing like awkwardly at like weird rates. He kind of he kind of looks like a monster from Space Jam. Like, can you please tell the story of the pamphlet at the doctor's office? Oh my god. Okay, so we're at his last like checkup, and this would have probably been like last fall. And there's all these pamphlets on the wall, and there's one that said um, puberty for girls or something like that. And Cole's like, I think Ayla needs that. Now Cole and Ayla are only 14 months apart. Um, but she is by far maturing a lot faster than he is, not only like emotionally, but physically as well. And so he was like, maybe Ayla needs to have that pamphlet. And I was like, well, there's one for boys. Maybe you should read it too. You know, kind of telling him like, you know, these are things that you need to be aware of. You know, your body's going to go through changes. And, you know, Cole's a very like factual based person. Like he absorbs all knowledge. So, you know, I picked it up and gave it to him and he starts he starts getting all red in the face and he's looking at it and he's like, oh, oh. and I was like, what? You know, he's like huffy, like, but like with this like shit eating grin on his face. And he's like, there's like, it says penis in here and there's pictures in it. I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, he's just, I'm like, it's your body. Like, it's nothing to be like embarrassed about. Like, you don't have to get all flustered for it. So then he starts like reading through the list of, you know, these are the things that happen to you when you're going through puberty and he's like, I've gone through like three or four of these things already, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And he's like voice changing. Cause his voice hasn't changed, changed, but like it'll crack every now and then. And 
I can't remember what a couple of the other ones were, but the one was like, he said, uh, erections. Mom, do you know what an erection is? <laughs> and I was like thinking like, dude, if I didn't, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> but I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, I know. Do you know what it is? He goes, yeah, I get them like all the time. <laughs> Oh, did Vivian find that funny also? She thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so, um, which was like, it was like this crazy moment, like that, you know, I went from harvesting these small children in my body to like, now we're dealing with puberty, which is crazy. But with the pandemic going on, you know, he's, he's sleeping like a lot. Like I have to like go after like noon and be like, all right, dude, like it's time to get up. Like I'm not like my, like my parents used to just like harass us in the summer. Like you got to get up and get out of bed and do something with your life. You can't sleep the day away. And at this point I'm like, it's a fucking pandemic. Like what are you going to do besides just be in my face? Like it's cool. Like sleep. Plus like they're growing. They need that sleep. Whatever. I don't care. He also is the type now that it's like, even before the pandemic, Cole is, like, very content in his room. He's, like, super pleased with just being in his space with his games and his TV and not being bothered. So, quite frankly, like, and, like, he, when we would do things, he'd be like, oh, like, do we have to? You know, oh, we're going to go ride bikes at Ohio Pile or whatever. And he's like, like... How, how long is this going to take? You know, so Cole couldn't be more pleased about the pandemic. <laughs> He's like, I get to just not be bothered and be in my own space. Perfect. Like, this is great. He could not care less. Ayla is more, it hit her emotionally because she's like this little social butterfly. And like the fact that she couldn't see her friends and couldn't. You know, and even in the beginning, I think the, a lot of them were getting their phones taken off of them, probably just because they've been in the house for so long and were having their little shitty tween attitudes. So, like, in the beginning, she couldn't even, like, FaceTime with anybody because everybody was getting in trouble and getting their phones taken off of them. <laughs> we're all grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adults are grounded. Kids are grounded. Life is canceled. Um and like I think it manifested in this it, it manifested with her in this weird thing where she is like she, she has to give you 37 fucking hugs a day like I it to the point where it's like we're now you know how many months into it where we're like no I'm sorry like I've, I've got a hot pan in my hand can you please piss off I'm not giving you a hug right now like I recognize it early like I'm sure that was just like her need you know, for like human interaction that she wasn't getting. And that that was like a psychological manifestation of her need for that. So she'll just like walk to hugs, hugs. And I'm like, but now it's like, okay, like, I, I understand why you're doing it. And I know that you need that. But also you have to respect people's boundaries. Because I'm kind of like a touch me not like I don't Outside of, like, my husband, obviously. But, like, I don't... Three kids, obviously. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But, like, I'm like, dude, like, I I just... I need you to not be on me, you know? And so that's, like, a weird place with her. Now, Chloe, my youngest, is, like, high anxiety as it is. Like, as just as, like, a human being. She's, like, very... Like, I've never met a more stressed out nine-year-old in my entire life. And so in the beginning, she was crying a lot, like, 
you know, it was just over anything, like anything would just force her into tears. But I think it was, you know, it was just that she was bored and she needed out and she needed to expend that energy and to be, you know, have some sort of human interaction. And so in the beginning, it's starting, it's a lot better now. Like, obviously, there are some restrictions that are loosened up, but we're still being pretty cautious and not really going a lot of places unless we have to. Um, They did just start day camp this week, but they have their own restrictions there too. They're with the same group every day. It's like 10 people. They go to the pool for two hours and it's before the pool's open. So there's not, you know, the general public there. Um, But I felt like that was the, like we discussed before, personally, this was the calculated risk that we needed to take for their mental health and mine also, because then that gives me three hours of just me time with them away. So that's how parenting for me has been through this. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's much different with you, but it's also probably weird because when you've got a kid Vivian's age, I remember we weren't even under quarantine or pandemic restrictions and I was like I was sick of looking at the same fucking four walls all the time because you can only do so much when they're small. Yeah, exactly. Um I I mean, the dynamic that I have is way weird because I went from being a working mom, and when I say working, you um, know it was very long days. Like, eight-hour day was like a half day. That was a vacation. So I would leave for work between 9 and 10 in the morning and not get home till between 9 and midnight, depending on, you know, how the day would go. And then I went from that to home all of the time and I had like a hard dose of it when I had gotten bronchitis like the the day that everybody was like not allowed to do anything anymore <laughs> they're like um, that bitch got corona like <laughs> and I was that total jackass that would like cough and go <coughs> corona and <laughs> that's not cool but also it was like I mean you're ignorant to what's going on you're not really sure about anything you're nervous so you make the nervous jokes but uh then I had bronchitis and I was told I couldn't come to work for two weeks because I was coughing so it you know you're not in the will die category so you got to quarantine just in case because they're not going to test you so I got to be home but it was like this wild time because my husband also was home from work so we were co-parenting 24 7 it was like going to an amusement park for the first time as a child like i don't understand any of it but it's all freaking awesome <laughs> like like <laughs> that was not the direction i thought you were gonna go awesome, awesome when you described that situation, that situation was not, was not probably, probably the adjective, adjective that i would have used <laughs> right but like we hadn't been able to co-parent but for like maybe one day a week because like most of my days off are weekdays and he's working so like we we didn't have that like dynamic at all really and so it was great like there was always another adult to lean on you would have an adult to talk to you about the stuff the kid would take a nap you get to have like you know relationship time that's true you you know so it was just like totally uncharted waters for us so it was great and we didn't fight really and like what like who doesn't fight so we were like barely were fighting and it was awesome and then when i once i went back to work it was like oh now we're gonna fight because now i have like 74 types of anxiety like am i washing my hands enough am i burning my clothes when i get home um you know all that stuff so (laughs) am i burning my clothes when i get home what are you you're like uh aaron hernandez's girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> all I'm thinking about is laying everybody's stuff on fire in a tub that's uh, no longer a porcelain tub and they're just taking the whole house out. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking like old rusty burn barrel out back. <laughs> no, actually, we got to the point where... Um, Everything was so like uncertain and like everything was freaking us out um, that I would I would literally just walk in the house and take my pants off. But that was nothing new for me because I hate pants. But I would have to take like my shirt and everything off too, and then walk in and go get a shower right away, just because nobody knew anything about surface touching or anything in the beginning. Right, 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 right. So um, the dynamic with the baby now that we're I'm done with my job, which I decided before uh, COVID happened that I was going to be leaving my job for the betterment of my family and raising my kid and find something more conducive to, like, you know, that family dynamic buzzword. Um, <laughs> it's like the Pee Wee Herman word of the day, like, Whoa! <laughs> family dynamic. Um, <laughs> Bells and whistles are going off. <laughs> or Vivian just is my hype girl. She's my Memphis bleak. We gotta get her a tiny little, uh, like, alarm clock, like Flava Flav, but instead of, like, a, a wall clock, it's just a little alarm clock around her neck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody wants to send that? Uh, private message us for an address? Um... <laughs> But uh, since I made that decision, I was like, oh, great. I'll get back to who I was before I like gave my soul up to climbing the corporate ladder. And I'll get into traveling a little bit. My baby loves to just roll around with me wherever I do. So we're going to do all this stuff. And then COVID happened and took everything away. So it was just like oh, I'm, I'm back to last year. I'm in maternity leave and I have postpartum depression and I can't do anything. And, you know, I'm just stuck here on this sucks dick island. Worst vacation destination ever. <laughs> right. And it like, we're doing so much around the house. We're building a patio. We made a walkway. I have like a baby oasis where I could open a daycare tomorrow. I have enough facilities for it, but it's just like, it, it didn't feel like enough because I'm just stuck at home and that's what I didn't want. Yeah. So I'm battling with that. But the baby, oh my God, she is on cloud nine. She gets to have mommy home all the time. We do flashcards every morning. You know, we're, we're spending that quality time that she was getting from me maybe a day and a half maximum a week previous to everything. So I wouldn't trade that for much but i definitely would trade a little bit of it just to have like goals purposes a, a job and income that kind of stuff but that's kind of how it, the parenting has been going for me now and i can see like how my husband was just taking the brunt of everything because he was working but in comparison to how long i was always gone he was definitely the the main caregiver and undertaking a lot of the house chores so right, right. it's it's nice that um you know I, I, I'm not a checks and balances person, but sometimes like, I'm like, we've got to equal this stuff out. And, uh, I know that now after I've been off of work for a little over a month now that I feel like we've kind of equaled it out. So when I do go back to work, I'll be a better person for it to understand that like, you know, pulling your own weight in the family aspect of everything is going to be so much easier for everybody. Right. Well, I mean, and I can say that like you are, are doing a great job with because you you mentioned postpartum and I think that's a lot, you know, people are getting starting to get more comfortable with talking about it. But like my kids are a lot older than yours. Obviously, I had kids when none of my friends had kids and I didn't know 
fuck all about postpartum depression. I didn't I didn't even realize I had postpartum depression until I didn't have postpartum depression anymore. You know, and I had three kids in four years, so I wasn't able to go back to work at all because it just wasn't feasible. You know, first of all, daycare is like ridiculously expensive like you have to sell one of the three children to be able to afford daycare (laughs) you know then it knocks the cost off a little bit you get a little bit of money and you only pay to pay for two um but you know so rich was working and finding you know he was working these long crazy schedules and i did not navigate postpartum as well like i mean i would i don't want to say as well as you because everybody navigates it differently or how you handle it i guess is you know, relative and perspective, but like you're doing a great job of like still doing flashcards and making all your baby lentil fresh food from scratch. And like, I struggled, man, like with three that close. And I like, I did a lot of TV parenting and crying and just feeding them like what the hell ever they would eat. Like just because I was just like in a really dark, hard place. And, and like you said too, like, and then not having like, well, you were on the other end. You were the one that was at work uh, and Ron was at home. So when Rich would go to work for three, four solid days and I, the only human interaction I had was with these three tiny children and no adult interaction whatsoever because he was literally sleeping away from home. It was like, that was, that was really, really tough. And then, you know, a few years later, um, what and there was a chunk of time i will say before we had our third actually that i took a temp job with an insurance agency and was working 7 a.m to 7 p.m monday through saturday and rich like just stepped in like a freaking pro man and he was doing all the things he was teaching shapes and colors and doing you know quizzing and games and reading and he was just he he stepped in without a skip of a beat and just stepped up like as a way better parent than I was at the time so it was just hard then when we had the three and he had to go back to work it was just like I was I'm still not ready for this <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready <laughs> Yeah, I should have got that like metal chastity belt from uh, what was it, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Is that or what was the movie? Princess Bride. Was that was it Princess Bride? I don't re- now. I'm confused. I thought it. I don't remember now. It, you know what I'm talking about? That was just that metal like pair of drawers with the lock on it. <laughs> That's what I should have got. <laughs> Listen, I proverbially wore one of those till I was thirty. So <laughs> yeah, true, true. You kept that fortress pretty locked up. Well, you know what they say about milk and cows. (laughs) Moo. You made them buy that bitch. It ain't free. (laughs) (laughs) The only time in which being referred to as a cow is hilarious. Uh, I was just about to say the same thing. I was like, and just so we all know. Uh, but yeah, the postpartum depression thing, I mean, everybody like warns you and you watch your friends go through it. And because I was late, like you were the first in the game and I'm essentially like the last in the game, you know, until Amy just pulls up and is like, but wait, there's more. I know. So exciting. Um, but, uh, I'm way late to the game. So, so many of my friends, family have had so many children and then it was like, oh, the baby blues. And I'm like, I'm a happy person. I can control my emotions and I'm good at this stuff and I'm not going to have that. 
But it's not even like, I think, I remember watching an interview, and I don't remember, there was a celebrity, and my kid, this was when I was, my, my kids were babies, and seeing a celebrity talk about postpartum depression on TV, and her saying, like, they, like, my family hid the knives from me. And I was like, damn, that's crazy as hell. Like, I, I obviously don't have that. Like, nobody needs to hide knives from me, you know? But then you realize that it presents differently in different people, and I, I remember sitting and talking with uh, a woman. Uh, that I know she's actually a school teacher and her saying that it took her family used to have to force her to hold the baby because she she was just like no I'm good like I'm just not interested like that's like, like how her postpartum depression presented you know and and mine didn't present like that like I loved my babies you know I loved you know my husband I loved being a mom but it was also just like this this empty feeling of, I don't know who I am. I'm not happy, like, with who I am. Like, you have moments of happiness throughout your day, but, like, you don't really have, like, that solid feeling of contentment. And you you get angry. And I can remember just not fighting, but just being so mad and saying really mean things to Rich, like, especially when I was pregnant. Like, think, I mean, God, it's a, that man loves me. He loves me to have stuck around through how mean I was to him when I was pregnant. Like, and I felt completely justified in the shit that I said. Like, I, w- I was like, well, obviously that makes sense. But, you know, and then you look like once you're out of that cloud and out of, you know, you've you, mentally healed from the depression, you realize, like, that was a really shitty thing to do or say, you know? Like, but also that other thing I said I was definitely not wrong for, and I'd say it again. I said <laughs> what I said. <laughs> exactly exactly like that's that's a perfect way to put all of it and you think it's like you said you didn't even know you had it until you were out of it Mm -hmm. and it's because people have it in so many different ways nobody knows who they are once they have a kid because everything inside of you like you know literally is different and you have to be a different person on the outside too and you're the only one who has to do that yeah, not yeah. The, like you're the only one who has to do a, a whole complete rework of your whole self and you know having the support that you have and looking back and thinking like wow you know like it takes a strong person to have a kid it also takes a strong person to stay with that person who had that kid because yeah. essentially <laughs> we turn into felons like <laughs> yeah like we will shiv somebody on cell block c type of person like oh yeah like i will smother you in the night and i will not be sorry and i will take your pudding and i will throw it on the floor just so you can't have it because i'm having a bad day well too and i think that that's you know and i think that's kind of where the misconception of you know you hear like we and today we're battling with these stereotypes and misogyny and you know, the idea of, oh, women can't do this or that or because they're too emotional. But I think that that's kind of probably, in my guess, where that stems from. You know, instead of, because men, a lot of times, which I'm not going to say always because not all men, are not good communicators. And they didn't have somebody to sit down and tell them, hey, listen, when your wife or girlfriend or baby's mom is pregnant, Like, she's not going to be the same person that she was before she got pregnant. She's also not going to be that same person, you know, in the long run also. But it's going to be hard and you kind of have to have some sort of empathy and understand. They kind of have, they kind of get thrown into that and don't understand it and have to navigate that on their own also. And so it's like, you know, if they were having those open conversations to 
you know, like, thank God they deal with us. But they, it just kind of translated into, like, bitches be crazy, you know? <laughs> like, and that's just, that, <laughs> that became, like, the common misconception about women, I feel like. It's like, you know, we go through things in life with childbirth that, you know, we're not going to hold on as true characteristic traits forever. Oh, I agree 100%. And, like, I have reminisced about who I was just three, three, four, or five years ago versus who I was last year when I was seriously, like, just living in that black hole. And, you know, it took me from, I mean, Vivian was born in April. It took me until, I mean... September, October, until I was like, yeah, I should probably talk to a therapist. I should probably, you know, and the funny thing is, so while I'm on maternity leave, Ron's like, you need to watch some good shows. Like, you're, 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 um, TV stupid or something if you haven't seen The Wire and if you haven't watched The Sopranos. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll, like, get in because I've seen some of The Wire. I've seen a few episodes of Sopranos here and there. I convinced myself it was okay to go to therapy if Tony Soprano was going to therapy. (laughs) You know what? And I feel like a lot of people did. I feel like that was, like, one of the first, like, mainstream shows that was, like, look, even this, like, tough, wise guy. Well, I mean, you know, it was, like, it, it broke... It broke a lot of, like, molds and misconceptions, I feel like, on many different levels. I, listen, I'm a huge Sopranos fan. I feel like we could have a whole podcast only solely talking about the Sopranos. Obviously not you and I, but me and somebody else rich for certain because I, we watch it every year. Like, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we run it back. Like, we'll pick, we'll pick a season or two or a certain, like, event that happened on the show. And, like, all right, we're going to go from here on. And we watch it till Christmas, like because we're the only weirdos that for some reason have equated Sopranos with the holidays. But no, I think I definitely think that that was, that was a big thing for people once you, and that's, you know, we're such a content driven generation. You know, we watch so much television and movies and internet and, and anymore, it only seems like, and I think it's a good thing too. I think that's how you can get, you know, like postpartum depression, like therapy, mental health awareness, things like that. Hey, if everybody's watching TV, let's talk about it on TV because then you can get a widespread audience. If people aren't talking about it in their homes or with their friends, let's put it on TV and get that conversation started. And I think that's like a the one of the really good things about mainstream media that, you know, I can appreciate. Oh, absolutely. The um oh, <laughs> the Sopranos thing, I was already talking about therapy and it was just I felt like I was giving up or saying I was too weak in some spots of my life because I had a, like, very hard position at my job where I was in charge of everybody. I was the main boss, like Tony Soprano. And then I also, at home, felt like I was carrying a large weight all the time, which, like, some of that was from the postpartum depression. And I'm like, now I feel like I'm in charge of too much. And so for me to be able to sit down at my gynecologist's office and just be like, listen, I'm like a psychopath and I don't want to be this time. Um, like what, what do we do? And to get linked up with somebody who you can talk to, tell your things to, and then get some Is there a bear <laughs> <Vivian. there? laughs> little baby bear. I, I, think, I think you're being, being attacked. attacked. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> um, 
And to get some feedback to help you positively move forward in situations that you get stuck in, because I feel like that's the biggest part of depression is you just get stuck and you can't move your legs. Yeah. Like it's like it's the quicksand we were always afraid of growing up that doesn't actually exist anywhere. Um, It's it was depression. They were just like, yeah, we're not gonna say you're depressed, but we're gonna show you what it could feel like. Yeah, that's a perfect metaphor for depression, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I just keep getting lower and lower into this, and I cannot move, and now my arms can't move either. So it was nice to get pulled out and have have somebody to you know say hey you're not always right but you also are valid so it was it was just something that I was happy to learn that is okay and not feel like I had to put myself in a position to talk to everybody and anybody who would hear it or feel like I couldn't talk to anybody at all because they didn't want to hear it because you make up so much crap in your head and like the best way I can put it is um when you found that uh meme you know like it's not always easy peasy lemon squeezy sometimes it's lemon zesty what is it stressy depressy lemon zesty depressy lemon zesty yeah sometimes you just have lemon zesty days man for real yeah it doesn't taste good when you take a bite out of it, but if you shred it a little bit at a time... You can stomach it. <laughs> well, it can enhance the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, sometimes know, being know. an asshole is an enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that is probably a pretty good place to end this first episode. That You know, I think, I think the general message, we started funny, we started identifying ourselves, we talked about some real shit, and I think, I think we should end it with... Um, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, especially with what's going on in the world, because there's a lot of screwy shit going on in the world right now. I think that everybody should know that it's okay to talk to somebody. Don't be embarrassed. Don't feel ashamed. Reach out. Get help. And or even just talk to a friend. You know, I think that everybody there's a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of telemedicine. So I think that I think that that's a pretty good closing on it for the day. I agree 100%. This is a perfect stopping point. I have enjoyed our first go round and I look forward to our next sit down and letting people know a little bit more about what's cool and what's not just in our heads. All right. Thanks, everybody. And if there's anything you want to talk about or have any ideas, you can private message us on any of our many social media platforms, which we can link to when we post this. Have a great day, folks.